Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Hello and welcome into another Red Out Podcast. I am Devin and we've got a good show for you tonight. We are excited just like all the... uh, just like all the others, and maybe got Alex. Alex entered the studio. Hello, Ross. Can you hear me? Hey, hey, I'm in here. Can there we go. Yes, I can hear you. Awesome. And... I have the headphones in today, so I'm just going to do it old school. Yeah, you're good. You're good. And we do not have Jake, just so everybody knows. Uh-oh. He's uh, His wife's sick, so we'll have to go with that. Uh course it's all part of life so you know how it goes uh so we've got a pretty good show in here tonight i am slacking on the, my winners and losers uh but we'll just go around the uh, room alex do you have any winners and losers yes winners would have to be of course us because wku football is back definitely yeah. most definitely on that one buddy uh go ahead sorry to interrupt you're good and my losers, honestly, will have to be on my side. The Canadian Football League is ending after this weekend, and it's so sad. This Sunday is the Great <laughs> Cup. One of the teams I follow, Hamilton, is playing Winnipeg, and they're calling it the Drought Bowl because none of these teams have won the Great Cup since the 90s. So <laughs> it's a nine-team league. Pretty much Calgary has gotten the bulk of the championships since then so it's like i mean regardless who wins it's still a good game so it should be a good game on saturday not saturday yeah yeah um sure um i don't think i have ever watched canadian football in my entire life so Dude, I it is, arena football honestly it is not that bad once you start to pick up on the rules like obviously it's a lot different setup than american football instead of 11 men you have 12 men on the field and a court yeah, be different. MTSU would thrive at that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what they have is called rouges. So basically, just like if you kick a punt and it doesn't get returned, it hits the end zone. You automatically get a point. What? That would be awesome. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, and not to mention, like quarterbacks, like they'll get like four hundred yards a game because the main one of the main receivers is called a slot back. He will literally run, and it's perfectly legal. Run. Five yards down before the ball's even snapped. What? Canadian football? <laughs> yes, that's what we're talking about, Ross. Uh, yeah, Alex big, is apparently is a big ball. fan. I'm a big fan in, like, late July, early August when we haven't had football for, like, six months. And then once real football starts, I stop watching. Yes, yeah, so I, I would be at I think I would be very confused once, once I, especially with the uh, the receivers or running backs or whoever getting a false start. Basically, um, that would really throw me. But yeah, I mean, hey, more power to you, Alex. Uh, you got anything else, bud? No, I'm good. Those are my winners and losers. Nice, uh, Jared. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, first of all, American football is a good band, by the way. Very good. I'm into the kind of email stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, winners. I would probably like he's I don't know there's so much going on 
Winners, I would say us, just for the fact that Western just had an incredible weekend with Lady Tops winning some games, Corps Volleyball winning the regular season conference championship. Yes. Still nationally ranked. The guys are still undefeated in basketball. Football has a big weekend coming up to possibly get to seven wins and make another big conference win. So, I mean, it's just been a really good time to be a Hilltopper right now. Things are going great. I'm really happy for Todd Stewart because he's said so many times he's wanted our football program to be really good at the same time as basketball with volleyball and everything. Actually, just be really good at the same time. Like, usually, like, basketball could be down, like, in 2015, and football would be incredible with Brom and everything. And then after that or before that, basketball would do really good and football wasn't where it should be. So for all of the programs to be consistently good at the same time is something, obviously, an athletic director would want to see and just a alumni from western would want to see so it's been great uh losers i would have to <clears throat> there's a lot but i would specifically say uab losing uh zach bryant he got dismissed from the team yeah <laughs> yeah so that was basically their leading score one of the core players that they had on their team that's going to be a major loss to them but i mean they still have a lot of good players to make up for that of course franklin simpson's taven lovin is someone that's probably going to see the court a lot more, get a lot of minutes, and probably score a lot. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out for them. And also UTSA, they still suck. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in how they've done. <laughs> but it is what it is. I mean, Western's doing everything right, so I hope that continues well into basketball season. hope that continues well into March. Ross, yeah. do you have anything for us, buddy? Uh... I'm in Denton, Texas right now. Um, nice. I'd say, let's see. I mean, winners, I think we hit nail on the head with Western. Uh, uh, not really. I haven't really anything crazy. I think uh, UTEP for a Conference USA school, I think they're going to be our biggest rival. They they beat both of the really good New Mexico programs. So I think they're proven to be the uh, worthy adversary in uh, Conference USA basketball. Um, losers, um, let's see, still want to just call Kentucky losers for almost losing to Utah yes. Valley. <laughs> but, um, sorry, I didn't think the clapping was enough on that. I one. guess Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt just losers too. They're bringing back, uh, Derek Mason. Yeah. Know? I mean, I, I don't really, I mean, he's, that's a tough ass job, but. Man, that's got to be a tough sell to your program. Just saying, yeah, we can't compete every year. We're just going to compete once every three or four years. So, sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty tough. Uh, so, um, I, like I said, I don't have any winners and losers. I was doing some homework, uh, so I'm doing a little bit more of volleyball news. Um, so, Sereno, what was her first? What was Sophia. the last Definitely. Bethany? No, Sophie Serino. Yeah. Uh, nope. She got the all-academic team for Conference USA. Uh, this is just her second selection. Uh, she is a interior design and fashion merchandising major on the Hill. Uh, she got a 3.96. Uh, some other girls that made up the 2019 all-conference or all-academic team, I'm sorry. Sydney Rowan from Charlotte. I'll just, I'm just going to read their teams because I really don't care their names. Charlotte, Charlotte, FIU, FAU. Uh, the Mutts got two. North Texas, Rice got three. And then Western got the one girl. Um, so way to go, Tops, to get on the uh, all-academic team there. 
Um, also, with volleyball, we have four Lady Toppers earning all-conference recognition. Uh, so Paige Briggs, uh, Nadia, not going to try your last name, Lauren Matthews, and Sophie Serrano again. I've got the uh, landed on the second team for the second straight season uh, for all-conference. So congratulations, Lady Top Volleyball. Uh, doing well. And on the volleyball front, they beat La Tech on November 14th. That was six days ago. Uh, 3-0. And they beat UAB 3-0 on the 16th, two days later. Um, do, 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 do. Let me see if I can pull up the... Uh, sorry. They play middle on Friday. Uh, that's at noon central. Uh, then they'll play... On the twenty third, that's the semis, and yeah, they're not they're not scheduled out for the finals. But I'm just going ahead and counting counting them in to win that. Um, Lady Topper Soccer, uh, they've got some big signing classes coming in. Uh, do do do. Uh, that's the that's the out of state. Okay, here's in state. We got Ellie Belcher from Bowling Green. She's from Greenwood High School. Uh, plays defender. She. Uh, according to Coach Nidell, she's a natural leader on the field, so that's great to see. Shelby Morrison from Ashland, Kentucky, from Madison Central High School. She plays forward. Uh, she's, according to Coach Nidell, she's a very athletic young lady. Uh, she's got a lot of speed, uh, and she has, quote, made her a force to be reckoned with on the field. Uh, and then the other in-state young lady is Kinley Newcomb. Uh, she's from Owensboro. She came from Davis County High School. She plays defender as well. Um, and then I got some out-of-state girls here. Anna Hopkins from Evansville. Uh, she plays midfielder. Uh, Brenna Michaels from Plattsburgh, New York. She plays forward. Uh, Lily Rum Rummo from Franklin, Tennessee. She plays forward. And Taylor Swartz from Plain City, Ohio. Uh, she plays Defender. So congratulations, future Lady Tops. Uh, it's good to see you all uh, coming to the Hill. Hopefully, you know, you all have a really good uh, seasons here in the future. Um, and I'm going to skip real quick over to basketball. And looks like uh, the Lady Tops beat Central Michigan. On the seventeenth, so that would have been what Monday. Yeah, that right? yeah, that's when Matt was tweeting like crazy. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, yes, it Matt. It was good for him to do all that, though. It was nice to have that. Well, oh, yeah. Um, hey, that's great. Uh, Matt is one of those guys that has a he's got a big presence with women's basketball, and he thoroughly enjoys it. Um, and it's nice to have somebody to be able to update the rest of us for women's basketball. Um, they did an amazing job. They beat uh, Central Michigan ninety-three to fifty-eight. Um, Central Michigan, that would be the first to tell you, uh, really good program. I think they made the Sweet Sixteen, and they—I think they lost some good players, but I think they're still top two or three team in the MAC. So, so that's what I was going to say. I just assumed that they were a good. Um, they would be, you know, a better caliber team, and that—I mean—that's pretty good so far. I mean. Yeah, yeah, between that, the Belmont and the Mercer win, they've beaten three good mid-major opponents and then played Louisville, you know, a top-ten team decent. So, I mean, I think 
you know, after I think uh, the talent's coming together for women's basketball from what I'm reading that Matt's tweeting and uh, writing about. And, uh, you know, go support the Lady Tops. So. Yeah, we definitely need to get attendance up. Uh, excuse me. Uh, looks like it was 14% of capacity was there at the game, about 1,000 people. Uh, so it'd be better to get some uh, support for the Lady Tops. Uh, they're going to be pretty good this year. Uh, like like Ross was just saying, they beat Central Michigan. Uh, the Chippewas. Uh, looks like Lady Tops shot 50% from the field. Uh, from three-point, they were shooting almost 50%. They were 42.9. Uh, 15 turnovers and 48 rebounds. I mean, that's twice as many as Central Michigan, who had only 24 rebounds. So the Lady Tops are really getting after the boards there and doing a great job. Um, they basically pulled away at 8 minutes and 26 in the first. And then after that, it was all Western. They just ran them all the way down the field, or down the time, whatever, whatever you want to say. Yeah, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um, sometimes I don't talk right, and sometimes I don't type right. So, the Scottsville. Um, yeah, that's what it is. I didn't want to spell in Scottsville, I guess. So, um, anyway. You're not the only one. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that whole poll, um, out of the three polls I put up, I screwed up one of them, and I'm going to say that was complete autocorrect. So, you know, young sure say <laughs> So, um, looks like men's basketball, they played uh, Eastern and spanked them, and it was great to see that. Um, I was there. For the most part, yeah. And Ross was yes. there. You ought to talk about that real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Ross. Uh, that was like uh, the first time I'd been to Eastern. I went with a co-worker who was an infamous uh, – EKU basketball legend David Buchek. He uh, was part of that 79 game where they got three and a half extra seconds. And uh, so I got some some funny old Twitter remarks from some some older Topper fans on mm-hmm. there. But he's a great guy. It was kind of funny. He was, you know, kind of like the, the mayor. So I, I was the, the guy wearing the Western gear and all the – on the floor <laughs> with all the rich, uh, I guess – Richmond Rich uh, EKU boosters. I was just getting weird looks the whole game, and <laughs> it, was, it was kind of funny. I mean, that you that game. Really uh, I'll just give a quick my two thoughts on that one. It's you know we, you know Savage went out early, and that that kind of hurt our offense a little bit. And just turnovers. I mean, just gotta fix the turnovers. I mean, it, I know EKU's pace was was a part of the reason they had so many turnovers, but. That's going to bite them in the butt like it did last year. They can't get that fixed. Same with, I mean, even against Campbellsville on Monday, they had 11 turnovers. And it was no coincidence they, they blew them out when they stopped turning the ball over. So I think uh, this week, all this whole season hinges on limiting turnovers and just being being uh, smart with the basketball. So. Yeah, they had like 23 in that game, and that definitely doesn't help you at all. Plus, Eastern was using a little bit of full-court press. And, Ross, I haven't seen Louisville play at all this year, but Coach Mack, is he still running a little bit of the full-court press like Patino used to, or has he got a bit different? Is is his defense style a little different than his? Yeah, they're not – I mean, I wouldn't say they're a big – I mean, Mack's more of an offensive coach, so they're not going to really press you. But they've got – I mean, by the time they play, they're only up six at the half over South Carolina Upstate, so – you know, they're they're not looking too good right now. But, uh, no, they looked good. They – they're more of an offensive team, and they kind of they get two players back against Western, so they might try to press a little bit with their depth. 
Yeah, just uh, watch your hard peas there, Ross. But um, so, I mean, Western and Eastern have been big rivals. And, I mean, even looking at attendance here, they had 90% attendance. Uh, and you actually had really good seats for that game. Um, yeah, their, their gym's kind of funny. It, it reminds me of, like, a, a church a little bit, like a church. <laughs> uh, I like the ceiling. Had, like, yeah, the ceiling was like a, a like a weird wooden roof. It it was kind of cool, kind <laughs> of a cool stadium, kind of different. So I was going to say, was there, like, pictures painted on the ceiling of, like, Michael Jordan touching, I don't even know, an Eastern player. So, yeah, touching fingers. Like the system. Well, that job. brown kid, that brown kid for them went the went the f off, dude. He was good. Yeah. He was like Dan, Pete Maravich out there. Yeah, he had forty one points. Good gravy. Um, and Bassey had eighteen, which I mean that's great to see too. Um, looks like Western shot fifty point nine percent from the floor and twenty seven point eight percent from three. So not quite as good at the three as they were the week before. I think what was it? The week before they were really doing well. Yeah, and like and uh, like Jared said earlier, twenty three turnovers to Eastern's nineteen. Which, by the way, we got to clean that up. Um, Definitely don't need that, especially against Eastern. And it was just boneheaded stuff too. Like, I mean, they actually were able to pass the ball into Bassey, and he would just fumble it away, or they would come up with some type of steal, and just like really boneheaded decisions. I mean, it was our first true road game. Which, I mean, you kind of expect, but at the same time, at the level that they should be playing, I mean, it's still kind of disappointing to see. But it also goes back to not having a veteran point guard. Rawls has looked really, really good in the time that he's been able to play, and he's really, really gaining confidence. So I'm excited to see him go. hopefully get some more playing time. I think he had like 29 minutes in that game, which I'm glad to see. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops along in the season and continues to grow as a true freshman that technically reclassified so he could still be like a senior in high school right now. So like Bassey last year, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rawls, yeah, like you were saying, Rawls did an awesome job. Bassey had uh, 26 minutes on the floor. Williams had 34 minutes. Uh, Savage, you said he went out, so he had 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, just a some ankle injury or something, and he was fine against Campbellsville. So that's good. It's good. It's good. It's good to hear. Um, so, kind of a random thought, I guess, against about Eastern. Any chance Eastern comes out of the OVC? I don't think so. Not with the Belmont. I there. think this is year two of their coach A.W. Hamilton. I was talking to a lot of the Eastern, you know, people around me. They think they really like this guy. You know, AAU type coach has a lot of connections does a good job recruiting i could see them probably starting next year competing with the belmonts and the murrays and then maybe in another couple years actually winning but yeah not this year they'll they'll be one of those teams that probably finishes a couple games over 500 and beat somebody they they shouldn't and lose somebody they shouldn't so i was gonna say currently overall they're three and two moorhead state is actually leading the OVC right now four and zero. Yeah, Belmont, I was going to say they, they haven't lost a game yet. Yeah, that's that's. Incredible. I always forget Moorhead for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. It's in the. It's. I mean, it's in far eastern Kentucky. It's. It's. I mean, it's remote. We haven't played them in. I don't think we played them in basketball since '84. So yeah, basically, we probably haven't left, played them since OVC. Yeah, I mean, when we left the OVC, we left. I mean, we'll still play Murray. We'll still play Eastern. We, we don't play Moorhead anymore for some reason. So. And that's yeah, considering it's just an in-state school. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and we'll talk about um, we'll talk about you know more te- more teams we would like to play later on in the podcast. Sorry, getting a little tongue tied there. Um, but so and then they played Campbellsville. They won one oh nine to sixty six. And um, uh, Ross, did you go to the Campbellsville game or no? No, I recapped it for the website though. Okay. Yes. I mean, basically, basically they kind of slept, walked through three quarters of the first half, and then they woke up and dominated. So basically, they looked really sloppy on defense, and and they kind of and Campbellsville was hot from three. But once they woke up, they woke up, and that second half was just was just murder ball. I mean, they just I think they outscored them by thirty points in the second half. I mean, everybody was hitting shots. I mean. Really, not a whole lot you want to take away from that game other than the fact that they, they turned it on in the second half and did what they were supposed to. I guess a couple things. The return to Matt Horton was a plus in that game. He saw his first action of the year, and he uh, kind of stuffed the stat line as a backup. He uh, four points, six rebounds, four blocks, and two assists. So, you know, I think, you know, with his size, he's really the only true big man after Bassey that's above six six. So... You know, Cozart and Williams are both uh, 6'6", so he's 6'10". So, you know, there's going to be games where Bassey gets foul trouble or Bassey, uh, you know, needs a break. And seeing Horton come in there, even though it was against Campbellsville and Purdue, that that was a positive sign. And, uh, you know, another thing, Gambrell hitting his second three in two games. I, 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 Jared and I have said that we think he's going to have, like, a moment or two where he has a game where, who the, you know, Gambrell hits three threes off the bench. Nobody sees it coming. So those those are the two positives I wrote down from the game. Any uh, any real reason Bassey didn't play anymore in the Campbellsville game? He had twenty minutes in that one. Yeah. I mean, honestly, foul trouble and the blowout. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. Um, but like you said, I mean, if you're looking at the um, ESPN game flow, basically from halftime. Western just kind of takes off, and Campbellsville just kind of keeps up their little course, their little – I mean, they kind of peed down their legs, so to speak. Um, but Western just dominated, it looks like. Um, and, of course, the funny thing for me is the win probability. Um, it's at 100% the entire time for Western. Yeah. That's which cracks me up. I mean, I mean, usually you'll see kind of like a little curve, and you're like, like okay, that was probably going Yeah, <laughs> basically. Just it's, to be safe. Yes, it's all the way down there. But, yeah, that's pretty funny for me. Uh, but, yeah, like we were talking about, Bassey had the 20 minutes. Um, uh, Hollinsworth, Savage, you know, all those guys had their time in there. It uh, looks like Rawls had a pretty good amount of time with 22 minutes. Um, I mean, he hit, he hit two last-second threes to get him to double digits. I thought that was kind of cool. Yes. Um, looks like the guy shot about 61% field goal. Uh, 46.2, so almost 50% from three, and uh, which kills Jake, okay? I know he's not on the show tonight. His wife's sick. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's so great. I don't know why he gets so upset with people throwing up threes. Uh, and then the free throws, we shot 85%. So, I mean, that's that's money. Those are the those are the easy shots you got to win. You got to hit those if you're going to win later on. Um, Western had 11 turnovers. They still had one less than Campbellsville, but – uh, probably 10 more than they should have. Uh, field goals, like I said, three-pointers and rebounds, they had 44. So Bassey was putting in the work. Um, and just uh, 
I know it's Campbellsville, but you think for a, quote, basketball school, as Matt would call it, we could get more than 4,000 people there for attendance. But I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, it, the game was – here's the thing. You know, the game was announced, like, three weeks ago, and I mean, it's Campbellsville. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Let's – I yeah. don't want to get on. I don't want to get on people for a last second game against Campbellsville. I mean, hey, I'm not getting on people about that. Don't get me wrong, but uh, <laughs> I'm just. And what I did is that I wasn't able to go, but I was able to give my tickets to my little cousin and her boyfriend. She's going to be a hilltopper next year, and I was like, I need you to go to a basketball game because <laughs> I think you would enjoy it a lot. I mean, she's on like the dance team at school and everything, so she's at all the sporting events. And she said she enjoyed it a lot. I got to talk to her about it today, so that was really cool, kind of passing the torch to the next generation. So it makes me feel yep. old as crap. Okay, yep. Boomer. Good. Yep, I was going to say, Back Grandpa know, Jerry, right? give, give the tickets away. Back so it's to Monday. <laughs> uh, so it looks like Western is playing um, – uh, Bowling Green State. Uh, hope y'all can make it to the game. It's at St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. I'm going to be I'm, rowing my way there pretty soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking on prize line for tickets right now. I'll that do it life of high style. I was going to say, if you were a licensed pilot, that would be fine. But uh, no. Um, is this game? Here's the, wor- here's the worst part of, of the, the tournament. I think the matchups are great. Bowling Green, Cincinnati. The, the final probably won't be good, but... Uh, it's on Low Hoops, which if you remember that Eastern Kentucky football game, like Sanford's first game, is basically you have to pay $30 a month to watch it. So to watch all three games, you have to pay the twenty nine ninety nine for a monthly pass. So just be prepared for, if A, if you do want to watch it, you're going to have to pay, and B, there's going to be a lot of people bitching online. Worse than, worse than you, though, fans uh, complaining about having to watch a game on Facebook. Yeah. Which just, I mean, it all goes down to not only scheduling, it's just like there's a blessing and a curse with these tournament games. It's like not every tournament game is going to be picked up by ESPN, ESPN3, CBS Sports, even the Fox Sports channels, if you're lucky at that. But it all just goes right back to the broadcasting rights. I mean, heck, the game could be on BN, for example, and I think fans will be happy, but it's just like, for a fan base like this, and then for a program like this, it's kind of just a slap to the face, kind of. Well, I mean, it's Cincinnati and Nevada. There's some decent programs in the tournament. Bowling Green's actually predicted to win the MAC, so I, it's just I don't know. I guess this this it's a money making scheme. I mean, I guess if you get a thousand hardcore fans paying thirty dollars, that's you know that's thirty thousand dollars broadcast i'm sure they're they're making money on it so good for so them far, to come up with that scheme yeah so far my favorite thing that's come from the trip is the picture of caboni and tavion hollinsworth petting an iguana it's quality <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious i'll have to try and find that yeah it, um, it's on their social media it's gotta yeah. have often the blow it's like okay yes you gotta pay on thirty dollars for a game but here's a picture of our campus president and one of our basketball players petting an iguana at least that that's just, worth it. You know what? Opinion. Things aren't so bad after all. Could we get Big Red to eat the iguana? I don't yeah. think he would want that in his <laughs> That that would be really funny. I mean, I'm just saying. I could imagine it going down the gullet, and then all of a sudden the dude jumps out of his uh, uh, costume because that that iguana is just tearing him to pieces. Um, 
And then, of course, we're talking about uh, Bowling Green State on the 22nd, and then they played Louisville on the 29th. That's well, they, well, they played two more games. So, yeah, the, I mean, I realize it's a tournament, yeah. but I was kind of getting yeah. to a point here with uh, if you are a if you're a Western student, you can print off something from WKU. What did WKU supposed to that? Uh, and you can basically yeah. get into the arena down there in Nashville for free. Uh, Which so is on, good because they should have done that in the first place. Uh, I want to say it's either the website or a ticket office. Uh, I've got it here on WKU Sports. Let's see if it's here. Uh, do 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 do. All right, I don't see a link to it, but anyway, um, I did see that earlier. But yeah, you can check that out. Uh, get you a free ticket if you're a student. All you got to do is pay for the fuel to go down there uh, to watch Western play Louisville. Uh, so check that out, guys. That's pretty awesome. Um, but it, but let me back up and talk about the tournament a little bit. Um, looks like Western uh, is favored against Bowling Green State, eighty-one point six percent, which is crazy to me. I would not think that the BPI would favor Western on ESPN against Bowling Green State, but that's just my opinion. Um, well, that, I mean, it's based. I mean, a lot of it's based on recruiting rankings and their own BPI system. They they're very high on Western. They've got them as a top ninety team. Uh, Bowling Green's probably like around the one ten range, so that's that's probably part of it. And then. Uh, I mean they're good, but they you know they haven't really played anybody this year. Bowling Green, let's look at their their they're three and one. They lost by nine against a good LSU team, and they've beaten Jacksonville and Fairfield, and then Tipton, which is a non Division one team. So they look good, but not great. So I mean we'll see. Yeah, but on the other side of the coin, there, I mean really this year, who has Western played? Nobody. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but they're Austin P. He's a Conference USA favorite with a five-star center, a four-star forward, and some really good transfers, or just a MAC team with some experience back. I mean, I I think that's you know that's going to be why they're favored by so much. Oh, I'm going to put my money on Western all day as far as that's concerned. But yeah. I'm just saying that I think 81.6 is a little high for um, for the BPI against Bowling Green State. I would actually probably think of it more of like a 60%. I think um, this goes with the record. Like, Western is 4-0. Yes. It really just depends on what record. Like, obviously, if you if Western was 3-1 or 2-2, then everything will be lower. But still, we're undefeated. So, it's like there's going to be more favoring towards us, not to mention more pressure towards our team because any given night, we could drop one. And that's my thing. I mean, really, I don't know about the rest of you all, but do you think out of 10 games, Western wins eight? Probably I seven. think that's very possible. Yeah. I, I think eight is really high, but I think I agree with Ross. I think six or seven is probably where my number would be. I'm um, just glad they get off to such a good start because, I mean, once you get to conference play and everything, that it's really important to make sure that you're already got the decent amount of wins going into your conference. That way you can hopefully run the tables and beat everybody in the conference as well and still be able yes. to have a really solid record by the time you get to the conference tournament. So being able to win a bunch of games in the non-conference is pretty important. But you still want to have that strict to schedule too. Yeah, here's my here's my thoughts on the tournament. Basically, 2-1 and one is the bare minimum they have to go at least two and one. They should go three and zero and win it if they really want to stay claim that out large seed. 
So the other side of the bracket's a complete dumpster fire. Nevada, the best team in it, two and three. So basically, yeah, they're Cincinnati, not the same team. If, West, if Western wins and plays Cincinnati, that's pretty much the de facto title game. So you win that, you get your resume builder. They've got a new coach, but they've got a lot of really good returning players. Jaron Cumberland, I think, was the preseason AAC player of the year. And uh, they got NKU's old coach. So he'll know Carson Williams' weaknesses. So, I mean, that's that's the one if you're – if you really want to, if you really want to geek out, I mean, if you're paying the thirty dollars, you can watch all three. But like, if you really want to say, okay, I want to zone in and watch this game, watch that game Sunday against Cincinnati because it's going to be probably Western's second toughest opponent behind uh, Louisville this year. Um, so I have a really stupid question. I guess I'm looking at the 2019 U.S. Virgin Island Paradise Jam uh, page. Um, okay, so who is the team that logo looks like? Either is that their logo? That's like the clamshell, the blue clamshell. Um, I'm not. So the other side of the brackets, uh, Fordham, which is the Rams, Grand Canyon, which is the Antelopes, uh, Northern Iowa, and Nevada. I think are the the four teams on the other side. Okay, I was going to say, we've got, I mean, I recognize everybody else, and then there's this blue clamshell, so I'm assuming that's their logo for the tournament. Um, So, yeah, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm just a retard. Just ignore me. Okay. Uh, Just ignore me. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I mean, uh, so Western technically, well, okay, never mind. I was going to say, could Western play Louisville twice? No. Uh, well, they're in the Unless tournament. they meet in the NCAA tournament somehow. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, I was just looking at that they were on one side of the bracket for the... Uh, for the no, it was uh, probably the women's. Oh, man, maybe you're right. Because, like, the... Okay, it says right here, the 2019 Paradise Jam team features 10 alumni teams. Including one, da 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 da. But the four men's teams are Fordham, Illinois State, Nevada, and Valparaiso, as well as all six women's teams, which that's where Louisville comes in along. That's what it is. Okay. All of. Okay. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that's my mistake. I didn't, I was thinking that all the teams there were, yeah. Okay. But that's cool. Women's, uh, Louisville women's gets to go to uh, the Virgin Islands, too. Awesome. Congrats yes. to you all. Woohoo. Uh, so finally game week for USM. It's kind of the meat of the topic tonight. Well, hopefully we'll see how long we got. Um, so Western place, Southern Miss USM. Make sure I get my, uh, letters. Brett Favre University. Yes. It's Brett Favre's university. 63.7% favored for them. They're sitting at a minus four. The money lines has them at a negative one eighty five. Uh, so money is on Southern Miss and I like the odds. I'm just saying, I think Western has a chance here. I think this is the week Western gets the upset. Um, I think Western can do it. Um, I think the guys have a big chance. They've had an extra week to prepare for this game. Uh, and they're still probably still got a nice pep in their step from the Arkansas win. Uh, so what do you all think? I'll start with uh, Jared. Yeah, I think this could possibly be an upset. I really hope so. It really depends on how Southern Miss and their offense comes out in this game. That's always one of the main things with them. 
But I'm just like you said, with the momentum of Western beating Arkansas and also having another week to prepare and also just rest after playing some tough games, I think that's going to give them the momentum they need to hopefully close out these last two games and beat Southern Miss and take care of Middle, who lost to Charlotte, which is still hilarious. They lost to Rice. Yeah, that's yeah. even worse. Zero and nine Rice, and you lose to them. So I know that should have people... been one of our losers this week. We forgot yeah. that one. Well, they're just yeah. always a loser, so, I mean, it's just kind of like a given thing that it yes. just a loser, straight bitties, but... Yes, I mean, I mean, it would get boring if every week we called MTSU losers, but it's kind of a given that they're always losers. It's implied. It's implied yes, sure. it's implied. But, yeah, I think I'm really confident heading into this game on Saturday. I really want to see Western and the offense be able to come out and continue where they left off against Arkansas, where they've got their season-high 45 points. That was really good to see them start to get that rolling. And I think that is something they can continue. It really depends on how Southern Miss' defense looked. If they are able to kind of contain the secondary and shut down some of the receivers, I mean, that might things it might make it a little more difficult, but hopefully Gage Walker will show up and have another 100-yard performance. That'd be really good. But I'm feeling confident going into this one, especially reading all the Q&As that we've been able to do with To the Top Talk and all of that. That's really cool. I agree. Uh, it is really awesome to see on the towel rack that Ross is getting that um, kind of Q&A with the other schools and kind of, I mean, forming relationships with them and seeing how um, how their teams are faring and how their fan base is thinking about this game as well. Um, I kind of think this game is going to be a strength on strength. Uh, Western's defense versus USM's offense. Um, Alex, what do you think so far, buddy? All right. Um, this is honestly going to be one of those games – where it's like you have to play mistake-free football. I know every game is like that, but this is definitely the one where you got to be on your P's and Q's, considering the fact that Jack Abraham is by far literally going to be the best quarterback that we faced all conference. He's about to hit the 3,000-yard mark. Not to mention, fun fact, he was actually the quarterback to D.K. Metcalf, who plays for the Seahawks. They went from Oxford High School. That's a good fact. Yes. Yeah. Not to mention uh, their leading rusher, DeMichael Harris, is out. He is out questionable due to upper body injury, so it's very unknown if he's going to be officially out on Saturday. So they're going to give the bulk of the carries to Kevin Perkins. And then, which their defense, I mean, it's kind of up in the air about their defense, but they're leading – Tackler is Kiel Hembley. He has 73 total tackles. And then also there's a guy named DQ Thomas. That's one of their defensive backs. He has 10 tackles for a loss, not to mention three interceptions on a year. And he actually did return one of those for a pick six of 55 yards. So it's just coming off the Arkansas victory and then coming off the bye week is basically going to be, is this going to be a hot Western team or is this going to be a cold Western team going into it? Obviously it's a road game. In Hattiesburg, so we'll just definitely have to see what happens. But my thing is mistake-free football. Also, use Gage Walker, and then pretty much just defensive backs will probably just play the game of the season just because Abraham, he's a good quarterback. He can spread the ball out. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, Ross, so uh, how did your uh, piece go with the Q&A with, um, what is it, Top of the Rock or whatever they are? 
to the top talk. <laughs> the third method, as one was saying, Southern Miss to the top. I guess it. I guess refers to that to their Eagles and they fly to the top or something like that. We're already so, at the top. Yeah, I mean, tops on tops. Anybody who says roll tops is stupid. Tops on tops is. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That was so like four years ago. Yeah. Anyway, tops on top. Uh, anyway, uh, they. I mean, Jamie Arrington, the guy from the podcast, really nice guy. I think it was. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys listen to the podcast I did with him, but uh, you know, really good. They respect Western's program. I guess his father-in-law actually is a big a Western grad, a big WKU fan too. So that was kind of cool. But uh, you know, I think you know Alex and Jared hit on a lot of points. They're an offensive team. I mean, Jack Abraham kind of slings it. I mean, he's he's. Great at throwing the ball deep, which is one of our weaknesses. So look at, watch out for Watkins, their uh, deep play receiver. He's averaging 20 yards a catch, and is going to probably break 1,000 yards this game against us. Um, the good thing about Abraham, he does throw interceptions. So, I mean, 17 to 10 touchdown interception rate. So if we can get them to make some mistakes, that's something to worry about. Defensively, uh, they're pretty good at stopping the run. They barely give up 100 yards a, a game. So you've got to – you know, Gage, I mean, I'm not expecting Gage to break 100 yards this game. If he can get us 65, 70 just to keep them honest, I'll be happy. And then let's keep seeing Ty Story connect with, you know, Jack Ford Pearson and Lucky Jackson and just keep building off that last performance. I think Alex hit the nail on the head. You just don't know what you're going to expect coming out of the bye week. Are they going to be kind of sluggish because they, they have to re-knock off the rest or are they going to be rested and ready to go? Who knows? So, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a tall task. I mean, if you know, if you had to have me predict, I'd say we probably lose the game. But it's it's going to be just like FAU and Charlotte. They're probably about the same ta- talent level as those teams. Mistakes cost us in those. If we can limit the mistakes, there's no reason we can't win the game. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I think our de- our our defense could capitalize definitely against their uh, their offense. And then next week we have the Mutts, and I'm sorry, but I'd love to throw up 70 points against the Mutts. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Hopefully it wouldn't take us three overtimes to do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would be fine. I mean, their their whole team's based on how O'Hare, their their dual-threat quarterback, plays. If you can stop him, then then they're they're toast. So. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, completely agree. Um. And like I said, if I can definitely see our D line with uh, D'Angelo Malone and uh, some of the other guys definitely stopping him as far as the runs concerned, and I can see Devin Key and the guy in the secondary stopping them as far as over the top goes. Uh, so that so game. But you gonna talk about the little polls that uh, you did, and I got I'm getting to those in just a second. Yes. Um, and somebody keeps trolling me with my misspellings, but I will ignore them and just One ride. One of these days, you're going to proofread your stuff before you hit <laughs> enter, Devin. One of these days. One of these days, I will definitely do that. I even tried to use the Red Out page to go in there and edit it, and it wouldn't let me. So I was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> I appreciate that at the end of the season. I appreciate that, Jared. Um, yes, um, I did post that. And actually – not this poll, but the one before it, I had a uh, slip up, so I deleted it and restarted it. But I already had so many people who voted on this poll, I had to restart it and lose all the the votes. Uh, so I tallied up all the votes, 
Uh, and for those of you who think we are a, um, who, those of you who think we are a Western or is a basketball school, uh, hey Brett, how's it going, buddy? Um, so far, I told all three. Can y'all go hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm just. I got some uh, stuff going on. So anyway, um, football, when I posted in the football poll uh, in WKU football, we had 66 for football. What are you excited for? Uh, 24 for basketball, one for the Mandalorian, which I agree with. It's really awesome. Uh, One vote for paycheck. um, And then somebody else voted for Evansville basketball. So what's up? Whatever, you know. Exactly. and then whenever it went to basketball, basketball had 58 votes. Football had 14 votes. Uh, volleyball had four votes. And Epstein didn't kill himself had one vote. <laughs> so, great. Um, I love Jeffrey Epstein references memes. Yes, and that's that was, that was hilarious to me. I'm sorry. I just thought that was great. Um, so what does this stack up to? Uh, basically... Football had 47.39% that people are excited for it. I think the Arkansas win had a lot to do with that, too. I think so, too. I agree. Um, uh, Basketball had 47.97%, so 0.6% more. I'm sorry. I don't think that is that big of a difference to say definitively if we are one or the other. But anyway. Uh, Here's my here Matt Matt who never comes on the podcast anymore because he's scared. But uh, yeah, because he's insurance guy. But yeah, yeah, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're a basketball school through and through. I'm thoroughly convinced we're a we're just like any other school. We're a winning school. So if we're winning, fans gravitate towards whatever. So last year they left football in droves because Stanford made us all pissed off, but. This year they're back. You beat Arkansas. It's amazing who will come out of the woodwork. You know, if Western loses a game to Bowling Green, you'll be imagine, you'll be surprised how many people are jumping off the bandwagon. And people like to support winners. That's why people support UK basketball. I mean, it's 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 it helps them feel good about themselves. So I'm a firm believer that people support winners, and that's why I don't think Western's a football school or a basketball school. I think it's a winning school. Whatever whatever sport they're doing good at, that's major. Yeah, but volleyball doesn't have that good of attendance, so they're number nineteen in the country. Yeah, but volleyball volleyball is a niche sport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the. I mean, it sounds bad, but like, remember when you all were in high school, and if y'all's schools had a volleyball team, did people really show up for them either? No, I mean, that weren't friends or family. If they were good, then they would. Same thing with like soccer, pretty much. Well, I will say I'm going to eat my words real quick. I will say that when Western's volleyball played and Hudson kind of threw down the gauntlet to the fans, fans showed up. I mean, they had a really nice uh, had a really nice attendance that night. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I would like to see that every night for women's volleyball. But it would be hard. Yeah, to Western like doubled their season attendance by those last two games. Actually, and what was funny was on my little poll. Four people said they were excited for volleyball. So, I mean, that's as far as I'm concerned, I was like, wow. Um, Now, they were only about 2.3% of my total vote, but that was still amazing for me as far as I was concerned. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of my argument to 
uh, are we a football or basketball school? Because like you said, people gravitate to winners basically. And I think with, with Diddle being, you know, what half the size basically of LG third size. Yeah. A third. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that you can come, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges. Um, and, you can still uh, kind of compare by like capacity and like if it's consistently. Like, I I will capacity. I will say I will say one thing. Say but it. If, if you monitor like the the traffic and stuff like that, like whether it be message boards or our pieces, break big news in basketball does usually get a little bit better readership than big news in football. The anecdotal stuff, but. I mean, I I don't completely disagree that we're a basketball school, but I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of a difference. I, I agree with you. I'm not saying that we're a football school by any means, but I'm saying like like you said, we are basically a school. I mean, we I think we we have we have points in time where we are both successful in one sport or the other, and it just so happens right now, knock on wood, we uh, are successful in both. Uh, so we'll just have to see as far as how everything goes. Um, Western does play uh, Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, if you can't make it. Uh, but the game will be on ESPN Plus, for those of you who are subscribed to that, uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so check that out on Saturday. Yeah, that's the 23rd. So, yeah, that'd be Saturday. Yeah, so check that out. Um, so kind of our little uh, – what if scenario here, and for those of you who are listening live, feel free to comment and throw it in who you'd like to see Western play as far as um, if money didn't matter and teams weren't going to be buttholes about it. Uh, so, Jared, I'll let you go first because I'm going to support your your first idea full-heartedly. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, well, I'll just kind of go, like, recap what kind of led to this whole discussion is that uh, the Mid-Major Madness people on Twitter, they're one of my favorite all-time accounts, doing an awesome job with SB Nation, just covering all the Mid-Major level hoops. They asked a question, like, if you can make a giant single-day event for basketball and, like, what teams would you choose and everything. So what I did is that I kind of stole from Indiana with their Crossroads Classics that they have in uh, Banker's Life with IUP, uh, Indiana, <laughs> Purdue, I think Notre Dame and Butler. Those are usually the main four they have involved with it. Like, if Kentucky were to do something like that, what would it look like? And what I kind of theoreticized was uh, having it neutral at Rupp Arena and having Western play Murray State and Louisville play Northern Kentucky, just as an example. But what you could do is, like, yearly, you can have it move to, like, the KFC Yum Center and add UK in the event and take Louisville out. That way you still have it as a neutral place. And you could also sub in, like, Moorhead State and Eastern Kentucky for, like, Murray or even us if we wanted to not do it a year. But I thought that would be really interesting. I think that would be the most realistic way that that would ever happen. But would Louisville or Kentucky ever agree to that? Probably not, sadly, just because, I mean, it's now that Kentucky lost to Evansville, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with their non-conference schedule. <laughs> just do, like, Alabama football and make it look like the most pathetic thing in the whole world. But other than that, I really wish that Western could play Murray State again. I don't know why they haven't been scheduled in such a long time. I mean, I know that they haven't been, like, if you look at their strength of schedule and stuff, it's not as good. But just looking at the program that they've had the past few years, I mean, they're still pretty solid. They took Tennessee to the wire not too long ago. So they still have a decent amount of good players left now that John Morant's gone. 
Murray would be a good one. But my all-time favorite that I would love to see Western play again would be Butler. Just for the fact that I would love to go to ball game up at Hinkle Field House. That's a really cool venue. And here is a really interesting fact. This is a true basketball fact for you right now. Since I made a three-point shot in Hinkle Field House on their court, <laughs> Western and Butler both are a combined 8-0. and Neither of them have lost a game. I don't think there's – that's definitely not a coincidence. That's just kind of how it is, I guess. And also, I discovered that UMBC has a basketball player that's 5'2", and he may now be my favorite basketball player, which is incredible. <laughs> but I'd love to see Western play some of those Big East schools that are kind of close. Also, maybe like some of the um, – like Cincinnati. I'm glad that we're finally playing them, hopefully in this tournament. I'd love to see that. And just to be able to tweet the video of the Bill Belichick, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> just because <laughs> – but yeah, Butler would be up there. Of course, I want to see Murray State again. That would be really good. Those are the main ones. I mean, those are close local games, too. I mean, that's not more than a four- or five-hour drive for either one of those, so it's not too bad. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, Alex, what do you think, buddy? Okay. These are – I have to go off Jared's. Jared's is really good. Realistically, I would definitely love to see us play – more Kentucky schools, like obviously Kentucky, even though that would be just like a very strange process down the line because obviously you would have one year at Rupp Arena. Other will unfortunately have to be in Nashville because honestly, it would be the biggest They thing. wouldn't even do It'll, that. It's, it's, no. it's Rupp Arena or bust. Literally, like they would not sell out Dill Arena, period. Like it was just, it's just too small. Like, Nashville, like that would just be dumb. But they would they wouldn't do what Louisville does. They would only play in rub. Yes. But Yeah, no, it's that's UK. But go ahead, sorry. You're good. But yes. Going off that, and I agree. Realistically, I would love for us to play more Big Ten schools. Like I honestly played around this question a little bit. Like, I would love for us to actually do like a home and home series with Indiana or Illinois. Or, like, go along the lines of Ohio State, even. Like, to keep a Big Ten SEC, probably Tennessee or Vanderbilt, which, interestingly enough, I don't see how we haven't scheduled a home-and-home between us and Vanderbilt. We did for football, so it's like, Mm -hmm. why not just do it for basketball? Like, that would... Be good. Or- and Alex, kind of going off of what you said real quick, is when we interviewed Todd Stewart, he tried to add a home-and-home home in with teams like Ohio State and Indiana to so saying, like, we'd take less money to football, play you guys. Yeah. yeah, in football, if you do a men's home-and-home home with us. And they all said no to it because, I mean, they're pretty scared to come into Diddle. I mean, if you look at what we did to Wisconsin last year, that's yeah. probably why. They're going to be a little reluctant to kind of go into that environment. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't blame them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a win win for Western in that aspect, you know. I mean, but as uh, much as ahead. I hate Louisville, I do respect them for actually even playing a game in Diddle Arena. Like I'll talk about this next week for sure. I hope that uh, just the whole my favorite basketball experience ever was when we played Louisville last time in Diddle Arena in 2014. 
even though we lost by, I think, like nine points. I mean, that was still such an electric atmosphere with, of course, Montres Harrell getting ejected and then Ray Harper and Patino exchanging words. <laughs> it was just such a, like, it's like the closest thing I've probably experienced to what boomers would say is like old school basketball. Like just the, the great student section, the great environment, of course, the chippiness of it. It was just a great, great game. And they will be coming back to Diddle again. Uh, not this, not next year. Two years before, from now. Gonna, yeah, two years from now. So that'll be another sellout game. That'll be another probably really good environment. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, Mr. Hilltoppers joined us. So welcome, uh, Brett. Uh, he's He is pumped for the Arkansas basketball game. And I think the rest of us can agree with that. Yeah, um, Arkansas is sneaky good this year. They got a really good shooting team, so that would be that they they're looking a lot better than they did early in the season or before the season on the quality wise. Ross, do you have any uh, teams that you are wanting Western to play, or what would be your ideal scenario in that situation, bud? Well, I think you guys stole a lot of mine. Um, I mean, I'm be realistic. You know, we're not going to get home and homes with. Blue Bloods in the region. I wouldn't mind just road games to IU or road games to Ohio State or Cincinnati. I'm, Cincinnati we can get as a home game. But, like, teams like that, I, I'm just kind of being realistic. Um, I think, you know, some regional – some, and we played some of these teams semi-recently, some regional mid-major teams like VCU, Dayton. I think they, those would be great. You know, Vandy, Tennessee, you know, I, I remember when I was in school, we played both of them in Nashville at uh, Bridgestone. I would love to do that again. Um, trying to think. Just some other attainable-type teams that we could play. I'd like to play Ole Miss again just so we could beat Kermit Davis one last time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think. You know, Wichita, uh, DePaul. You know, that'd be a fun little trip up to Chicago or Loyola. Up in Chicago would be kind of fun. Just like regional teams where the drive wouldn't be too bad, you could tie it in with a fun trip. So, I mean, IU, would, besides Kentucky, which is obviously number one, I'd play them anywhere, but, like, uh, IU would probably be at the top of my list. So. I agree. Um, I, and, actually, I know none of y'all actually have touched on this, but when Wisconsin played, came and played at Diddle, wasn't that an awesome atmosphere, too? Yeah, that was great. Uh, that was great. Great to see yeah, and I mean, I mean that was that was an amazing time, but um, I don't know if Indiana would come and play Western like a home and home. If you could, and that's my thing. I, well, what I was going to say is I don't see why they wouldn't, but I think IU has this inflated ego that they think they're still better than they are, um, yeah. when in actuality they're probably like uh, Vanderbilt in their conference right now. Which, yeah, they're not even the best team in Indiana anymore. No, no, they're not. Throw, throw Purdue on that list too. I'd love to play them in any sports. Yeah. Yes, Purdue. I mean that. Yeah, that would be awesome to yeah, have a bomb, homecoming. Especially a football game with Purdue. Like that would be amazing. I would definitely go to West. Long yes, game. yes. Because I think you. I really think you could uh, pump that up PR wise and make fans just show up and give Brom all kinds of grief. You know, but uh, uh, yeah, home and home with basketball and football would be ideal for some of those. Uh, you know, like we said, it, w- it probably wouldn't happen, but I would love to see like, like uh, Jared was talking about, like a bluegrass classic quote. Um, be, I mean, and you could do it. You, you could do a Louisville UK kind of thing. 
uh, do it with um, like Louisville and UK open up with uh, Murray and Moorhead or, you know, some of the smaller schools like that. And Western plays Campbellsville or somebody. And then the winner of that goes on and plays, you know, the next school, yada, yada, yada. And then the finals, you would play the other school. Um, I mean, I think it could be really cool. Um, would it happen? Like, like you said, probably not because UK is not going to go for that, but, uh, I think it would be really successful, but, and I want to say, call me, you may call me a liar here, but didn't Cal, didn't somebody ask Cal about that last year? And he basically flat out just said, no, I don't I believe they did. And he was like, no, that's not happening. I ain't going to do that. Well, I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, they yeah. haven't scheduled Western since 2001 when Western came in to rub and beat them by like 12 points when they were. They've scheduled the Western three times in their history during the regular season. There you go. Um, the last meeting was in 2012 when UK won the national title well, in the that, NCAA that was, tournament. Yeah, that was, but they didn't schedule that game. Yeah, I'm sure if they could, if they wouldn't. <laughs> and it well, just it goes just like I mean, blue bloods. Some blue bloods, like, okay, like Kentucky or Kansas or whatever, like, they're going to automatically not just go for that right off the bat just because, I mean, difference from program-wise, like, historically, programs like Kentucky and Western Kentucky have had some rank when it comes to their program history, just like tournament appearances, Final Fours and whatnot. So it would just be, I don't know if it's really a Cal thing, a program thing, or just like one of those, PR things, whatever, but it's like, I mean, until that actually happens, it's basically just a myth. It would just be a lose-lose for Kentucky. I mean, if Western wins, then they lose. Uh, <laughs> it looks really bad to them, like they lost to Evansville. Of course, I mean, we're a lot better yeah. than they are. But I don't buy it's a complete lose-lose because if what like Louisville this year, if they win in Nashville, they get a quad one win out of it, which helps their resume. Yeah. Uh, you know, in years past, I mean – you know, in years past, I totally see that argument, but like, you know, Western being a top 75 team in the Ken Palm, they, you know, that's a quality win, which is better than, you know, you're going to get that. You're, you, if you saw the crowd at the Utah Valley State that they were tweeting out on uh, online, like that game would come close to selling out. It would sell way more tickets. So playing a regional school, you get more ticket sales and a team like Western, you get, you get a better quality win than your average uh, non conference. So I don't buy it as complete lose-lose. It's just a partial lose-lose. I, I can see that. I mean, it's but, but typically for Western and so Western and a Power Five, it's a lose-lose. But this year it's different because Western's doing so well. Um, that's I think that's partially the Wisconsin, the you know all these games that they've won lately. That's why it's making them hard. It's harder and harder for them to schedule games. Yeah. So. And when well, Wisconsin can, probably scheduled us, that was probably uh, Stansbury's first year when they didn't even have a winning record. And they saw that and was like, oh, well, I mean, maybe he's kind of washed up. He's not going to be as good as he used to be at Mississippi State and all that. And said, sure, why not? We'll do it. And then, <laughs> sure enough, they come and we're a lot better team. And then we beat them in our building and should have beat them on the road, too. Of course, going back to that whole incident last year. But, I mean... When we could probably agreed to the terms with that, we were a different team, and they may not have thought that we would be where we're at now, which is kind of funny. Uh, so real quick before we wrap this up, um, is Randy Lee and the gang going to make the trip to the Virgin Islands? Does anybody know? Uh, I, don't I know. think I think I think Hal will be there and somebody else. 
it'll be on tune in and it'll be on the radio, but um, I think Randy will probably go to Hattiesburg. He usually, when it's like double dip time, he usually uh, does football over basketball. He went to Arkansas over Austin Peay. Okay. Um, well, I, I can understand that game, though, because it's kind of like a meh. But let me see here. Let me pull this up just real quick before we uh, end the show tonight. Maybe it'll let me do this real quick. Uh, it's got it. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. Don't want you to start talking. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully you should be able to listen to that um, without having to pay the 30 bucks. Um, so we're trying to help you all out a little bit there. Uh, for the uh, Virgin Islands games. Um, I did know that I did listen to the Campbellsville game a little bit on Sam 100.7. Their website streams the games for free just on radio, so I don't know. I mean, if not the that, uh, The TuneIn app's awesome. You can listen to, like, coaches' shows and everything on there. Like, I highly recommend the TuneIn app. Yeah, I mean, and if you want to sponsor us, go ahead. But go ahead. <laughs> No, you're good. That's all I want to say. Is like, same no, way. yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely try that before you try to pay for the $30 and watch Western play. Um, I, I'm, I, I'll take my money. I don't care. So, yeah, you're already locked out of DirecTV now for me, so it's fine. Um, yeah. Looks like, uh, okay, uh, Brett's asking. Anyone know if we can rewatch the basketball game on Floho flowhoops.com site? Do we have I mean, the play? I'm guessing you have to have a login to do that. So basically you're going to have to just look at it this way if you're you're paying $10 a game to watch your favorite team play if you you know it, it's entertainment uh, just compare that to going to movies or going to a movie or something. You know, it's you know, it's it's a lot of money to pay, but if you really, really want to watch them, and it's what your passion is, then you know, hell, I'd pay. If the game was big enough, I'd pay a hundred dollars to watch. You know, WKU play like that. If I, someone said you had to pay a hundred dollars to watch Western beat Arkansas, I would pay that. So. I agree, Brett. Brett says, I mean, if I can pay, I, if I can't, if I pay, can I rewatch it? I'm going to pay for it, and I agree. If you can rewatch it, then yeah, it's definitely worth it. Uh, it's definitely I would, uh, I would their, their Twitter accounts usually pretty good. Find Flow Hoops on Twitter and just say, hey, if I pony up, do you guys put replays on games? And they'll get you an answer. Yeah, that's that's my advice, too. Sorry, I'm going to type back a response just so he hears me. Um, but anyway, um, anyway, guys, uh, so Western – Football is playing on Saturday. It's going to be on ESPN Plus, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. And um, <laughs> and uh, the men's play Bowling Green State on the 22nd, so that's Friday at 8 p.m. And they got Louisville on the 29th next week. We'll talk more about that game next week. And um, looks like Louisville has a close game thus far with um, whoever. South Carolina State. Sure, South Carolina State. Uh, See, I don't want them to lose before we played them. I want us to knock them <laughs> off when they're number two in the country. But that's the thing with just college basketball this year. It's like, regardless of what happens, I mean, it's anybody's game. Like, literally, we could honestly go to the Elite Eight if we could. It's just, I mean, the UK Evansville game just showed, like, you know what? Anybody can do this. If you have anybody experience, get a big yeah. win. Yeah, if you have experience, I, it's going to help you do it. Wolves up twelve with six minutes left. I don't think they're in, in 
Yeah, I don't they're think they're, they're, they're in the water. Yeah, they're going to blow this one. Yeah, let's see. Uh, what was it, about 30? Well, probably about 10 or 15 minutes ago now. They were up five. So, I mean, they're starting to pull away now, it looks like. Um, but that's all I've got this week, guys. Uh, do you all have anything else? Uh, not really. Uh, so, oh, Jared, I'll give you two minutes here. If you're st- Jared, you still yeah. with us? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to do your little rant real quick? Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that. So I, I forgot too, so it's fine. All my Bowling Green native people, especially anybody that lives like in Woodburn or on the south side of Warren County, know what I'm talking about. Like Buchanan Park is across from Cheney's Dairy Barn. Most of you probably know where that is, Bowling Green people's. <laughs> I don't know why, but I love Buchanan. I go there and shoot basketball all the time. Their indoor facility is really nice. But at night, they have this stadium light. Like, I mean, like the full kind of stadium light that you would see at like a football arena. (laughs) And for some reason, they have it like right on the edge of the road. Like it's supposed to, I think, illuminate their entrance. Like I've, I even had to resort to tweeting at Joe Imel, of course, Bowling Green Daily News media guy. He has like 52,000 followers Basically, the whole city of Bowling Green follows him. And if, like, something crazy happens in town, you tweet him about it. Like, he shared it. I haven't got any legit answers except for aliens. So (laughs) I'm still looking for the actual reason. I assume it's to light up their entrance at night. But just driving by there at night is absolutely dumb because it's literally like staring into the sun as you're driving by Cheney's Dairy Barn. Like the way that this light is, is that it's so bright and it's not really at an angle to where it's like showing like on the road. It's like just staring into your soul as you're driving on 31W. And it's even worse on the way back because it's like directly into your rearview mirror. So it's just really dumb. I hate it a lot. I haven't found any answers from Joe Imel. He's let me down this time. But if anybody knows why the giant light of Buchanan is a thing, please comment on the podcast or tweet the towel rack or anything. I just need to know because it's really annoying and I hate it. That is all. And I'm not the yeah. only person that feels that way. <laughs> I've been thinking about that over the past couple years like i was going to nashville from celebrating a friend's birthday party with him his mom and his mom's i would just say his mom's boyfriend but anyway i had to explain why that light was just always on like coming in from franklin or going to franklin it's just like it's weird like it looks like a high school football stadium but then it's just yeah. like oh it's buchanan it's i don't know what <laughs> yeah yeah, I've never experienced this, so yeah, this is news to me. If so. you ever come to Franklin, Devin, first of all, hit me up. Second I of all, will. you come at night and then drive on 31 back into Bowling Green, and you get to experience it. All right, that sounds good, guys. Uh, check out football and basketball this weekend, guys. And as always, guys, uh, go Tops. Go, go Tops. tops. <laughs> Fun time, guys. Nice. All fun time. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, Brett. Glad you could. Yeah, I wish I could watch right, the games this weekend, I'm but I'm not good. paying 30 bucks. I know. I'd rather just listen to the radio at this point. Like, man. I, all I'm saying is, Brett, you can tweet this out as well. If I were to get, like, some type of boat... Like, I mean, not like a good boat, but like some type of shady boat and like just paddle my way to the Virgin Islands. Would anybody be down for that? 
Please do. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna do the opposite of the Cuban rap people. Yes, I'm gonna do the opposite of them. I'm going to the Virgin Islands. I will find a way. Hey, I, I might Jared, do the message. I'll find Tim Duncan's Jared, contact okay. information and see if I can get some <laughs> connections down there. I'm gonna buy it if it lets me have more than one login watching it at once. I will share with everybody. All so, right, Ben, please do that. Yes, please do. Yeah. See y'all guys. All right, All right, see ya. <laughs> All right, later.